The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, 401 is your time. Audrey Salves and John Russell. I <laughs> just... <laughs> You know, I'm just not used I, to that. Dude, I, dude, I I had to. I so had to. It's so fast. I just it's... had to do it to you. Got me. You're snap grabbing with whoever your friends. Snap. I'm insta facing. Insta facing my face, your face, you insta face. John Russell is joining me. Eric Franson is gone for the next nine days, eight yeah. days. Yeah. Give or take, he's in uh, Kokomo or somewhere out in the wild. Where's Craig Hislop? We need him to sing Kokomo by no, the Beach no, Boys. No, we don't. Don't you dare. Yes. Don't you dare. John. Yes. John. Craig, if you're listening, call in. No. Sing John, some Beach Boys I ain't for us. crap then. I ain't touching <laughs> that phone, dude. I love him as much as the next guy, but uh-uh. Ain't Lives touching it. for the Beach Boys. Friday, July 12th, 402 is your time. Welcome one and all, however, wherever you are. Again, I'm Andre Salas and John Russell, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, we've got... NBA to break down. You know, as soon as you think the NBA is quiet, that they've actually gone to sleep and said, okay, let's get some rest, and then, you know, we'll let chaos set on in, you know, three, four, five, six months. Nope. Someone else comes and just, I mean, sets the world on fire, and then all of a sudden all heck breaks loose. The Western Conference, once again, just takes an absolute, I mean, a, a shake, if you will. Russell Westbrook is no longer a part of the Thunder. That's right. The original three are now all gone. They're separate ways. Russell Westbrook now goes to Houston. Chris Paul goes to Oklahoma City. He right now is looking at hopefully a three-team trade where he'll be sent to Miami. Here's Adrian Waldronowski on uh, Paul's future. The Thunder are going to talk with Chris Paul's agent, Leon Rose, try to get a sense uh, of what he might like to happen here. Here's the thing. Okay, I, I, I just I don't get the trade. Yeah. I, I, and, and there's a lot of reasons why I don't get the trade. For and, and honestly, the when I say I don't get the trade, it's all on Houston's side. Um, it, it absolutely positively does not make sense to me. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. Here's the part that makes me just want to vomit. Two first-round picks in 24-26 and pick swaps in 21 and 25. You gave up four picks with Chris Paul to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Was Chris Paul really worth that much? No. That's why I think you're going to see another deal. I think you're going to see something go A down. A third-team jump in this? Yeah. You're going to see something else happen that's going to kind of, kind of tweak it a little bit. But... Uh, let's face it, uh, Chris Paul, uh, he's got what left in his contract? I think three years, $140 million. Yeah. Uh, they, he had him handcuffed. He had Houston handcuffed. And I think Houston got to the point, I don't think this deal necessarily had to do so much with Russell Westbrook as it did with Chris Paul. I think Houston sat back and they realized, you know what, if we stick with, with Chris Paul, who... You know, like him or hate him, and there are a lot of people that, that are not fans of Chris Paul. I'm not. He, he's a thug. I mean, every time he's, he's, he goes to the locker room of the officials before the game and starts complaining. He, he's the biggest whiner in basketball. <laughs> but, but the biggest thing is when you have that kind of deal that's structured around a guy that's a, that's a very good basketball player, but he is not a, a once-in-a-lifetime, he's not a championship-type guy. You got to do something, and they were stuck with it. And now they've got they've got Russell Westbrook, who's still making only a paltry, I think, like thirty seven million a year. But but he's he's a guy that still has some years in him. I think there's going to be another deal. I think you know you mentioned there at the at the get go, you were saying, oh, you know, we thought we were going to be able to sit backs and sit back and relax and and let the NBA free agent period kind of ruminate and 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 marinate and all those other eights that I can't remember. And just, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. No, I, I think we still got some deals to be going down. Uh, we, we've heard that Russell Westbrook wanted to go to Miami. And, and that's the and other he thing. he does. Okay, so, and, and that's the other thing is, according to Woj, who says according to sources, you all know how that goes, uh, <laughs> Oklahoma City's GM, Sam Presti, who has been busy, to say the least, so far this summer, worked with Westbrook and his agent, Thad uh, 
I think it's Foucher or Foucher, uh, to deliver the former MVP to his preferred destination, a reunion with James Harden. So are you telling me that Russell Westbrook went from, I'd love to go to Miami playing to, with uh, Jimmy Butler, to, mm-hmm. you know what? I'd love to go play with Mr. ISO. Yeah. And Mr. 23 well, seconds on the shot clock. I, you know, I haven't been following you know basketball the last week. Was there a new rule announcement there's going to be more than one ball? I think it's start playing with two, three, yeah. four balls. <laughs> there you go. Because just with only one, it's not going to work. But you know what? Saying that, there there was another move made today that uh, that I think you just have to say maybe Houston is trying to do something. They pick up Tyson Chandler to a one-year deal. Here's more from Woj on uh, the Westbrook trade. Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook, they did not want this to linger. They were aggressive this week. So – they didn't want it to linger. Was mm. it? What is it? What is it? Is is the it being Russell Westbrook's maybe attitude towards having Paul George go to the L.A. Clippers? Yeah. Is it Russell Westbrook saying, "Look, this we got to find a way to to build a team around me, and we can't, and so we've got to get we got to move on." Well, I mean, that's the question: is 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 what is it? But the fact that that Oklahoma City now has a, I mean. What are we staring at right now? It, 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 it's, it's unseen in NBA history. Seven additional first-round picks now lined up through 2026. Four pick swaps added to that in two deals. Mm-hmm. Paul George, Chris Paul. You got seven additional first-round picks through the next seven years. Six drafts. That's a long time Dude, to wait. That's, that's incredible. That's a long time. It is, but, but let's go back to Boston. I mean, just think about this time last year. Everybody was talking. Danny Ainge, greatest GM in basketball right now. He is the man. He's the guy that knows how to run a program. They had all this great nucleus of of guys that that they were excited about playing. Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward was going to be back after that ugly injury. They had all these draft picks. Danny Ainge is a genius. And what happens? The team blew up. They didn't. They weren't able to get Anthony Davis. The the talk was a lot of those picks were going to go to New Orleans as a part of a package deal. To not only just picks, but you know they could say we could send uh, Jabari Brown or maybe even Gordon Hayward and, and you know three four first round picks. That that didn't come to pass. Uh, I love what they did. I love the fact that they got Kemba Walker. That's we'll, we'll get into that later on as we get closer to NBA time uh, season time. But I think that's that's a great deal. But this is just all these picks don't mean a thing. The only thing it does for Oklahoma City gives them the opportunity to maybe make some other deals. They are clearly in rebuild mode. Who's left on that team? They got rid of of Grant. They've gotten rid of of uh, of uh, Westbrook. They've gotten who who do they have left? It's Stephen Adams. Yeah, you remember the? I know you've seen like gifts videos of it, but do you remember like the episode of Fresh Pins Bel Air yeah. when Will Smith's just hanging out in his house all by himself? <laughs> is and that Stephen Adams? That's Stephen Adams right now. <laughs> As you said, Jeremy Grant, uh, he is now a part of Denver's team, which, by mm. the way, that is a huge, Nobody's huge talking about Denver. get for Denver. Uh, so now OKC has acquired eight first-round picks since draft night. Uh, 2020's Denver's, uh, that's a 1-10 through 10 pick. The 2021 Miami, 2022, uh, let's see, is Miami's as well. Clippers 23, Miami's 1 through 14 protected. 2024 Clippers as protected. 2024 unprotected is 1 through 14 from Houston. 2026 from the Clippers is unprotected, as is the 2026 Houston's pick 1 through 4. That's nuts. Give me a flipping break, yeah. man. It's crazy, but but again, you know, I, I wouldn't get too, too hooked on that, you know, because, yeah, they're going to have all these picks. But they're also, look at all the cap space that they've created Oh, now. my gosh. So now they're in a position where maybe not this year, maybe next year, uh, you know, the year after they can say, you know, they're these guys that are coming on board. We want to look at them. You know, one of the other things that I, that we need to talk about is the structure of Kawhi Leonard's deal yes. in the, with the Clippers. Yes. Uh, two years from now, uh, you know, Kawhi and, and uh, you know, gets his championship. Is he moving on? You know, does he go somewhere else and say, I'm going to win championships in four different states? With four different teams. Here's the 2021 free agent class as of today. You ready? Go ahead. Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Blake Griffin, 
Bradley Bill, CJ McCollum, Rudy Gobert, Victor Oladipo, Mike Conley, Lamarcus Aldridge, Jerry Holiday. Mm. There's and some good younger players on there. There's some older guys. You know, I'm not sure about. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven guys who made all NBA team on that list. Oof. And they all are going to want to get paid. Yeah. And by, and by the way, Kawhi Leonard is available for a $196 million extension in two years. Paul George, $241 million extension in two years. Yeah. And I can see him staying with with the Clippers and and doing that because Ballmer's the kind of guy that he, he dude he's willing to he's go bankrupt willing. for you. He he gets it and he understands I'm going to spend the money to bring bring the trophies. But can you imagine Kawhi doing that? Can you imagine him getting a championship? So now he's won championships in three different cities: Wow, San Antonio, Toronto. Wow, and and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anyone's won more than three championships in three different. I think. That that's it. So he turns around and says, Robert "You know what? Has. Now I'm going to do it." And and I can see him going to Oklahoma City because they love their basketball. Mm. Big basketball town. They love it there. They support the teams. They're selling out. Mm. And he can turn around and say, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to head back." And uh, and you know who who wants to come with me? And at this point, if Kawhi goes somewhere after winning three championships in three different cities, are you going to say no? Are you going to say no? Nah, I don't think you've got it in you. Well, let me let me uh, lift both hands up that have rings uh, from different places. It, it, it could be nuts. Oklahoma City certainly, uh, you know, they they blew the door off on this on this deal. It's crazy. Uh, but all that said, we you know we talked about opening cap space. They got to do something with with Chris Paul. That's a lot of money to be playing a guy that it's his, at the end of his career. He's injury prone. Uh, and and really hasn't proven himself to be a guy that can take you to the next level. Hey, uh, by the way, speaking of free agency and such, Marcus Morris had signed with yeah. the Spurs, and then, but then all of a sudden has this thought of like, you know what, the Knicks are talking to me, and the Spurs say, what, the Knicks? You know what, give <laughs> us that whole contract back. We're going to just shred it right here in your face. Go find another team to play for. Your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, well, let's talk about Marcus Morris. Because you will not hear from him anymore. This is, <laughs> this is it. He's, you know, Marcus, if you're listening, buddy, you might want to record this because uh, this is it, my friend. I, I don't get that one. He's, you know, even if you're making more money, I guess it depends on what your goal is. Are you there to get paid? I was going to say. Or are you get there to get championships? How bankrupt are you that you're going to say, yeah, you know what? I don't want to go play with Marcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, and for Craig, Greg Popovich. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and just turn around and go play for a, a franchise that kicked out one of its most beloved players in NBA, you know, in their franchise history, no Charles Oakley. James Dolan, who is an absolute moron. Dumpster fire the, right there. W- the worst owner mm-hmm. in the NBA as of now. How much did he get paid for the Knicks? Do you, do you know offhand? No. Because I think I, it was a two-year $10 million, ten, two-year $10 million dollar deal with... With San Antonio, but but you know again, it's it's what is the objective? And th- there's a big push right now, or a big conversation that players are taking uh, more ownership in who they are and where they want to go and what they want to do. And you're seeing this um, two year twenty, by the way, two year twenty. So ten, yeah, so ten per year. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So, but and the other thing is, but, is the the Spurs go after Trey Lyles. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the guy hates three-hour practices. <laughs> well, he's or in two for and a half. Awakening with uh, with oh, Popovich. Dude, he's going to hate Popovich it. Popovich is not going to like it. But you know, anytime the Spurs make a move at this point, I I can't say anything because they've proven to just <laughs> be a top quality program. And 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 from management, I mean, Quinn Snyder come back. We were before we came on air today. We were talking about he may be the best true coach yeah. in basketball right yeah. now. Uh, just with his, you know, ability to understand the game, with his ability to to relate to players te- technically, uh, he understands the game. The the guy is brilliant. But where would he come from? Uh, uh I mean, G League. Well, I guess yeah. you know, from from the Spurs. I guess Lakers, right? Atlanta. So, but where does his management come from? Where does where does Lindsay come from? Spurs. You know, Spurs. So you're you're seeing that they have a a system that's working, and if you're smart, you go with it. 
Uh, I, I look at Morris and say, dude, you're fool. You, you know, I, I maybe you're getting paid more. Good for you. You'll be on the back pages in, in New York press. They can be brutal. So, you know, you don't you don't perform. It, it could get ugly. Uh, Trey Lyles, buddy, better oh, put dude. your big boy pants on because this is not going to be. Uh, you thought you hated time yeah. with Quinn Snyder. You yeah. wait until Greg Popovich this gets a hold of it. you. But you'll be in the playoffs. Marcus Morris won't. That's true. And if they are, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, you got to look at a coach of the year award kind of thing. Yeah, uh, you could be more right about that. And, you know, I just, man, this whole, like, it's just sad. I mean, like, you, you see people or, or great players, a part of, like, when we looked at the Oklahoma City Thunder in 2012 after their first finals versus Miami, where they got beat four games to one, I believe. And, mm-hmm. I mean, LeBron just handled them. That was actually they lost to Dallas, so they were on a mission. Uh, it's, I mean, I look at that franchise, and you, and you know, there's always that joke of thirty thirty. What if I told you three future MVPs they played together and never, you know, never finished off after two years? I, it's that. I mean, that's what it almost becomes, though. And so, this is one of the greatest what ifs in NBA history. Harden, Westbrook, and Durant played together, couldn't win a championship, went to one's finals appearance, and and then blew a three to one lead versus Golden State in the in the Western Conference Finals, and Durant jumped ship. The rest is history. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Russell Westbrook is now regretting, I mean, what had happened before and says, you know what, maybe I'll be a different player now knowing who James Harden is and what I can be for him? Or is this just egotistical basketball both ways no matter how how we look at it? He's going to have to change because this is still Harden's team. This is not a situation where you've got two guys drafting in together. Uh, They've started from ground one. They've built the program up. They've built the team up. And all of a sudden, they're you know we're the leaders of this team. This is James Harden's team. And so, lesson number one is Russell Westbrook going to come in and and understand that role. He's going to say, you know what, I am player one B. I'm still a number one player, but I'm one B. James Harden is one A, and I'm going to have to uh, you know I'm going to have to play as he wants me to. That being said, it does you no good to have a guy of Russell Westbrook's. You know, ability and talent. If you're going to sit there and hold the ball, you know, at the half court line for 15 seconds, yeah. make and then and then jack up a 35 footer, which you make a lot. I mean, but still, you know, it it would be foolish to make that trade and still have the offense run the same way. Look, you were upset about Chris Paul handling the ball as much as he did, and to be quite honest with you, he didn't handle it that much. Mm-hmm. If you look at per possessions, he's handling the ball on a 24-second shot clock about maybe 9, 10 seconds He's your point guard, too. But that's exactly that's what he's supposed to do. So your job is to create off the ball, and then when it comes to you, be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was James Harden saying, okay, you just crossed half court. Give me the ball. Yep. And that's what upset him. Russell Westbrook is an absolute clone, if not a steroid clone, of Chris Paul then. Because like you said, it's, it's, it's 20 seconds of dribbling, four seconds left to go, and he's either going to find you or he's going to go to the hoop. Yeah. But if you're not ready to shoot, then you ain't touching it the rest of the whole entire game. The, the only advantage you have is that, that Russell Westbrook definitely creates more. He's a better creator than, than Chris Paul was. And and his overall game is better at this point. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's averaged triple doubles for a season. You know, this this we're we're not talking about, you know, some guy that's had a really nice career, been successful, maybe got a couple of NBA All Star invites. You know he's done a you know a few things here and there. This guy is a legitimate player, but both of them function with the ball in their hands. And and like I said before, you know unless there's been a league rule change, there's only one ball out there, and there's only 24 seconds. And so and then that also comes down to my my big complaint with Houston last year, and I think why they didn't win was that all of a sudden other guys kind of got left out of the offense. You had other players. You had Gordon and. Clint Capella, yet other players that, that were capable, they couldn't carry a team. You know, they weren't going to be your go-to guy. But let's face it, after a while, if you don't see the ball, you start to tune out. You start to, you know, lose interest in on the offensive end. Yeah, they may have they may have worked hard defensively, but on the offensive end, you, you kind of lose. You, you're dropped out of the flow of the game. I don't see it getting any better. 
Yeah, you've got two great ball players on your team, but they're going to be duking it out to see who gets the ball. Okay, so give me your one through eight Western Conference now as it stands. In order or just... No, in order. Oh, man. You do this to me every time I come in and then you throw these trick questions. All right, I'll go first. So I'll go one is the Clippers. Okay. Two is still the Utah Jazz. Three is Houston. Four is Denver. Five is Portland. Six is Lakers. Seven is San Antonio. Eight is New Orleans. Interesting. Guess who I left out? Oklahoma City. Golden State. Oh, okay, yes, you did. Golden State, you're dropping out. <laughs> wow, that's, that's that's crazy. And oh, all right, go ahead. Now, so so here's mine, and, and the easy thing when you look at the West, you know who is not going to make it, and I, I think there's some teams obviously not going to make it: Suns, Mavericks, uh, Grizzlies, Timberwolves, uh, Kings. I I have doubts with, and, and um, Memphis. Uh, or excuse me, New Orleans. I think they're a year away. I think they've got some really nice pieces, but they got to figure it out. So you, if you want me to go in my order, yeah, and and, and it's tough because there are a lot of teams that are going to have to adjust to new lineups, new faces, new roles. Uh, the Clippers. I just like the fact that they didn't pick up superstars. They play, picked up guys that can play with other people. So I like that. So I'm with you. I, I like the Clippers. This is where we're going to kind of kind of. Change it up here a little bit. Nuggets have are are kind of sneaky. They're sliding under the radar. I don't think people are a lot paying a lot of attention to them. I don't think they're going to win the championship, but I think they'll be the second best record in the West. So um, again, Clippers, Nuggets. Uh, then I would have to go with um, the Jazz. Then, then it gets a little foggy. I, I hate saying this because it's more of a personal thing. The sure. Lakers, Lakers are probably fourth. I hate the Lakers, <laughs> and and I, nothing make me happier to see them them fall apart. Uh, so, so then it's kind of a mash. And then I would probably have to say maybe uh, Trailblazers, Spurs, Warriors, and um, well, some looking at, and the Rockets. Huh. Wow. So there you go. I think the Rockets are going to struggle. Uh, hey, and I was thinking about this today. In fact, I was talking to somebody about it. Can you imagine the NBA's right now licking their chops for Christmas Day games on the and the options they have? <laughs> I mean, you've got Philadelphia and Boston who are just, who absolutely hate each other, and now so now even more so because Al Horford has just went to Philadelphia mm-hmm. from Boston, and he hates Boston right now with a passion. You've got the Clippers and Lakers in the Staples Staples Center sharing the same room. That's not going to go well. No. Uh, you've got Utah, who's loaded up. You've got New Orleans, who's young and up and coming. You've got the Houston Rockets with Russell Westbrook and Harden together. And maybe you pair that against, I mean, Golden State would be absolutely hilarious with those two. I mean, there's just so many options you can go now with where the NBA stands. And by the way, if Chris Paul does go to Miami, you could even do Miami and Houston just for kicks yeah. and giggles as a 10 a.m. game. Well, uh, here, here's the prediction though. If if uh, um, Russell Westbrook leaves, mm-hmm. then then they don't make the playoffs. I think wait. that team falls apart. Wait, wait, wait! If Russell Westbrook leaves, yeah. Leaves you team. think you think he's staying there in Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Where else is he going to go yeah. right now? Okay. Wait. Timeout. Wait. 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 Hold on. There. What do you? No, doing? they want. Chris what are you doing? Ball? No, I mean, I'm just wondering if this deal's not done. They've given up a lot. Houston? Yeah. I don't think Russ is going anywhere. Okay. There you go. Now, Chris Paul, I think, is leaving. I just want to see if you're paying attention. I think Chris Paul's leaving. I think yeah. he's going to Miami. Yeah. I don't think, I think there's a third trade partner that's going does to that make a it. Does that make a difference for Miami? No. No, not at all. Yeah. Absolutely not. They're still not making the playoffs. And if they do, they're, they're giving me an eight seed on the fringe. Yeah. Uh, but I mean that, and I think there's a third team that gets involved there. The six are hand in the cookie jar and tries to find something, whether it's cash, draft picks, or relief. So in the East, is it still just the the, the top teams? Milwaukee, Milwaukee Boston, Sixers. Philadelphia, and everybody else is just hoping. You don't think getting... Toronto's in there? No, even without Kawhi. No, they return a good team. They were in there because of Kawhi. Yeah. They'll be out of it because of Kawhi. Even though he missed 22 games. Yeah, they don't. They don't win the championship, but. I think they're still a force. I think they still think they're a top four team this year. Yeah, I, I, but I think Indiana is still really good. 
Here's your four or five matchup. Oh. Ooh, That'd be that, nice. That's salivating. Russell Westbrook on his Instagram uh, put out, and I quote, I can't even begin to put this into words, all the emotions I have right now. It's been one heck of a journey, Oklahoma. When I came here, I was 18 years old, Brad-eyed, and completely unaware of all the amazing things that would soon take place. I grew up in Oklahoma with an amazing bunch of people. The people here are what makes this place so special. From the fans, my coaches, my teammates, the entire Thunder organization, Mr. Bennett, Mr. Sam Presti, my friends and everyone in the entire community, you are all what makes Oklahoma such a beautiful place. And the reason I've loved playing here all this time, uh, he continues, you have supported me through all the ups and downs and stood by me through the good times and tough times. For that, I am eternally grateful to you. I've met so many amazing people who have helped shape me into the man I am today. I hope I have impacted the Oklahoma community as much as, the Oklahoma, as, much as Oklahoma has made an impact on me and my family. I'm leaving Oklahoma with so many friends and so much gratitude. I could never thank you all enough for sticking with me. It's been a dream and a whirlwind. And quote. That's Russell Westbrook after he has been traded to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. First round picks in 24 and 26 and two pick swaps as well in 21 and 25. Giving the Oklahoma City Thunder now a NBA record. Eight first round picks. Crazy. In one offseason. That is absolutely unbelievable. Hey, real quick. Yeah. Before, and then you have to wonder how he's feeling the other way. This was uh, uh, Harden's comment. I think he was in Paris doing who Well, when you're James Harden, you can do whatever what you, you want. want Paris. Uh, this was his, his comment. Russ wasn't happy, and now we're back. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. I guarantee you that. It's going to be fun. I don't know if it's going to be the good kind of fun, but it's going to be fun. Tell you what, in seven months, I want to get a quote from James Harden and <laughs> a update on how uh, if that still stands, because you know how minds can change. Just ask Kyrie Irving. All right, coming back, Rafael, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer hadn't seen each other since 2008. They were back, and once again, it was a thriller. We'll break down the classic and what should have been the de facto Wimbledon Men's Championship. Of 2019. That's all coming up. John Russell, Aljay Salveson on the Full Court Press, 1069-1390 AM, The Fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press, 4.30, your time. We're halfway through the hour with you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, the fan, John Russell, AJ Salves, and grateful to have you all along. Uh, I need to correct myself. Uh, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal had not seen each other at the Wimbledon since 2008. I apologize on the uh, on the missed, uh, misinformation. That was an epic matchup there. That was, uh, oh, that's that was one a five-set, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's that was one that's considered one of the all-time great matches. Uh, it was starting to get dark. Uh, you know, it was one of those where they're trying to hurry up and get it finished. I think it went 9-7 <laughs> in the Yep, 9-7 was, yep, there you and, go. Good um, memory. Yeah, just, uh, it's great. And, and yeah, I, you made a good point. Well, I'll let you get into the match today there, and I'll, I'll jump No, no, in. no, this is a great, uh, this is a great topic. The, uh, I mean, eleven years later, and they're still damn good at what they do. Well, they're second they're seed of the Federer. Yeah, absolutely. Second seed of Federer. Out last number three, or no, I guess three seed, third seed in the doll. Seven six one six six three six four on center court. That means Federer will reach his twelfth final at Wimbledon. Yeah, and he's looking for his record. By the way, ninth title, which he'll face. No, now is it Novak? Jokic? Is Jok- yeah, Jokic. Jokic. Jokovic. Jokovic? And that's Jokic on Sunday, by the way, player, yeah. uh, in the Wimbledon. Okay, tell me right now. You've, you've, you've seen sports for so long. You've hey, seen, wow, what does that mean? Well, you know where I'm going with that. Yes, I do. Uh, you've seen some of the greats in, in all the sports, too. And, and unfortunately, I, I haven't or I didn't pay attention to it. Well, we'll start with this question. I'm going to lead into another question after. But where does Feder sit in the all-time tennis? I mean, we're talking Pete Sampras. Mm-hmm. We're talking Andre Agassi. I mean, where does Feder sit in that list now? Well, I think what you can do when it comes to tennis, you, you tend to tennis is an interesting game because of the the type of of courts that they play on. So you get the French Open where they play on the clay, and Nadal is hands down the greatest ever clay player ever. 
Uh, he dominates the French Open. That's his tournament. Um, you look at tennis when it comes to grass, and, and you look at some guys, uh, Bjorn Borg going way back. He dominated Wimbledon at, at, in his time frame. Uh, but he struggled on other courts. Sampras was a great uh, hardcourt player. You know, he U.S. Open was his thing. Agassi, great in the U.S. Open. But when it comes to playing on all different court types in all different venues, you got to say um, that Federer is the greatest ever. I, I don't think you can have that argument because he is good no matter what he plays on, where he plays, and, and who he's playing against. And the fact that he's played as long as he has is, is just phenomenal. The guy is is just a beast. Now, you can't talk about him without talking about the uh, uh, women's championship, which is tomorrow morning. Uh, and it's uh, Simona Halep, Halep mm. against Serena Williams. And Serena oh, Williams Serena. Oh. is is has the opportunity to, to tie the record for all-time major championships. Uh, with a win tomorrow, she she ties that record in the modern era. Uh, that's a little before my time as the postmodern. I know I'm old, but you know, <laughs> no. So, but Serena Williams, I mean, what she's done, and and you know, the fact that she was able to have a child, and and we found out later, I mean, her life was in jeopardy. Yeah. You know, the fact that she's it's been able to bounce stuff. back and be able to do what she's done, and really, an eleventh seed, I think that's a little disrespectful to her. Um, you you arguably this weekend could see the two greatest tennis players of all time, and, and I don't think you'd have a lot of people that would disagree with that. Where would you put Federer and Nadal's rivalry in sports as itself? Ooh. Well, I love it because it's it's one on one. You know, you look at golf tournaments, and you look at so for example, you look at Phil Mickelson and, and Tiger Woods when they were both at their prime. Yeah, they they were going on at each other, but there was still another guy here or there that was, you know, poking his nose into the matchup. And so, how much was Palmer and Nicholas one. a rivalry? Were they? I mean, oh did, yeah, was that actually a rivalry? Or? <sighs> no, I don't think it was so much as a rivalry because they they kind of overlapped generally, gen, generationally, and uh, you know they were both great, but but Palmer came on board a little earlier. So I, I, I'm not sure. But I think that goes back to what I was saying is that in golf, you know, you and I may be rivals, but then our good buddy Bill Walter may have a great round, a great tournament. <laughs> and, you know, I may have an off tournament. When it's one-on-one, when you've got two guys out there that are duking it out, and if I hit a bad shot, it's my bad shot. Mm-hmm. It's not because a wide receiver dropped the ball or or it's not because uh, – Oh, what was his name that didn't call the timeout for LeBron James? Uh, oh, J.R. Smith. J- <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, it's dude. not J.R. Smith was Drugs. still trying to come down, trying to come down from his uh, uh, halftime little break uh, in the back room. Y- you know, it. That's what I think makes it so great. Is one, it's one on one. It's two guys going at it that not only had like a couple of years, they've been doing it for years. I mean, you're you're talking about the Wimbledon in 2008. We're 11 years later. They were doing it before that, and they'll probably continue to do it afterwards. Um, that's what sports loves. Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe back in the day. You making me pull out names? I mean, those those were the great matchups. You want to go way back? Women's Martina Navratilova and Chris Everett. Uh. I mean, those were you had you had Martina, who was just this physical specimen who played in women's tennis, a, a style of play that had never been seen. And, and just was physical and dominating and, and you know, put the fear into her opponents versus Chris Everett, who was just this smooth. She played the old style of just get it over the net and we're going to rally until somebody blows it. And they made each other change their game. That's what makes tennis such a great game. And and as far as Federer and Nadal, uh, just it, it's right there at the top just because it's one-on-one. God, you're so good, John. Uh, here's Tom, River, Tom Rivers on the Wimbledon's men's final which is Federer and Jokovic. It's as if they picked up where they left off from their amazing final at the All England Club 11 years ago. Close, with both at the top of their game. It was a seesaw battle with many long rallies, but in the end, Roger Federer edged it out in four sets. That sets up what should be a classic final on Sunday. His opponent, defending champ Novak Djokovic. It's Djokovic. I had no idea. And I meant all the respect to Mr. Djokovic. Uh, who do you like? The Joker. I like that. 
The Joker. So, who wins? The title, I mean, the, the master of the Wimbledon court or the Joker? Yeah. Well, Djokovic has been playing really well. And, and, and again, don't look at this as, you know, this is some new hot an upcoming guy that's you know gotten on a gone on a real streak and he's going to play. He's been at the top of his game for a while, but every time I think Federer's done, he he does something to prove me wrong. I think he wins again tomorrow. I think that uh, uh, there's always that argument: Did he spend all he had against Nadal? Mm-hmm. Did he get emotionally up? Well, this is this is different. I'm gonna, again going back old school. I'm big Georgetown Hoya fan. And uh, the year they lost to Villanova, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting who they played the game before, but a big game. They beat them emotionally. Everybody said that's the, that is the de facto national championship game. They'll come in and they'll steamroll over Villanova. This is not a matchup where where uh, a federal Federer has to play. You know, a number eight seed or a number twelve seed who's who's come through with some big wins. He knows what he's up against, and and he is the ultimate professional. So I, my pick is uh, I think that Serena Williams gets the win tomorrow. Mm. Uh, and so she'll tie the record for uh, for all-time wins in, in majors. It's amazing. And then uh, I think Federer gets <laughs> it, and uh, you'll you'll see the two greatest tennis players uh, holding up the trophies. Second seed Federer outlasting it all. 7-6-1-6-6-3-6-4 on, uh, on the Friday morning. They will play Sunday uh, on center court for the uh, championship championship against the joker by the way fetter just to tell you how great he is in regards of the of the wimbledon one of the i mean what the super bowl of tennis if you will mm-hmm. he's won 101 matches at the place that's more than any other man at any other slam including rafael nadal at rolling garros the most recent of his eight trophies was in one in 2017 this guy absolutely thrives on the biggest stage and it's just incredible. That's what makes him one of the greatest athletes in sports history. Oh, I know I've never actually gotten so much into tennis like I just did in that like 15 <laughs> minutes. My gosh, that's great. Hey, by the way, and I want to get your thoughts on this after this clip. This is Chris Broussard on Undisputed, which, by the way, you can find on Fox Sports. Listen to this. No, oh, wait. Moved away. Do you agree with these odds? No, I don't. Uh, I would have the Clippers ahead uh, of the Lakers. Ah. I'm glad it's close, plus 350, plus 400, because it is that close between the two. But I would put the Clippers ahead. I brought up in the last segment fit. The Clippers right now have a seamless fit, I believe, with George, Paul George, and Kawhi fitting in with that group. The Lakers are great on paper, but how's it going to work? So that's why right now I have the Clippers number one. I think Houston is too high. So I would have, you know, the Clippers, the Lakers, I'm fine with Milwaukee at three. In the West, I put Golden State ahead, a healthy Golden State. And I'm saying they'll be healthy by the playoffs with Clay. I put them third behind the two L.A. teams. And I like Denver. Right now, I like Denver and Utah better than Houston. And Utah, <laughs> Utah well, beat. No is, that what you do, is that what you do to me? Well, I, I, Utah I, I beat OKC in five games with Paul George. And Westbrook, who I think are a better fit I do than see. Harden and Westbrook. Yes. So right and and was it you or was it Portland? Portland took out OKC. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It was Portland that beat him. Uh, two years ago, Utah beat him. Mm-hmm. So I uh yeah, I, I, I've got Houston. They're way too high in this list. Mm. They're gonna be a playoff team, like I said, dangerous, but no. Mm. Can Utah beat? A Houston team with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. John Russell, Aj Salveson. We'll come back with that and more on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Control your home's temperature with the Fujitsu ductless cooling and heating system from Advanced Heating and AC. Fujitsu's ductless systems are clean and quiet and let you remotely select individual temperatures for up to eight rooms. You won't waste money cooling or heating unused rooms and save up to 30% on your energy bills. Rebates available. Installation is quick. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, located west of DI in Logan. Online at advancedheating-ac.com. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
and don't right. ever try to crack that joke in, to me ever again. <laughs> ever. Ever, 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 yeah. ever again. Okay, so Chris Broussard just talked about how he has the West line, or at least the all-NBA rankings lined up. Milwaukee's third, Clippers first, Lakers second. He has Golden State and Denver, fair enough. And then he has the Utah Jazz and Denver over OKC. Or, I mean, or sorry, over, over Houston. Houston. Uh, I want to get to your subject in just a bit because that's really interesting, and it's kind of bugging me, making me feel bad now about myself. You should. Uh, well... Yeah, well, we'll ask the crowd. Amongst they probably other reasons. They'll agree with me. Uh, so, really quickly, do you agree or disagree with Chris Broussard? I agree with him. Okay. And, and, and to be honest, I, I feel he even gives the Lakers more, more credibility Credit than they should. They should. I would I um, agree with that. And it, it really is going to come down to, and we, we talked about this earlier in the show, who can get together as a team quicker? No doubt. LeBron James... One of the all-time greats in the NBA, still at the top of his game. People are dogging him, but he averaged what, like twenty-eight, eight and eight, or twenty-eight, seven and seven, something like that. I mean, those those were phenomenal numbers on the year, but they didn't make the playoffs. And then, then, then the whole stink about trying to trade the entire team, plus the nacho bar at, at the forum for for Anthony Davis. You know, that was bad for LeBron. We knew it was happening, but it was bad for him. So the question is. Can he play with AD, or will he somehow revert back to an old style that says, "Yeah, AD's you're you're great." You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I have total confidence in Quinn Schneider and, and the Jazz organization that they're going to be able to take the players in that they've they've gotten, make some necessary changes, and come together quickly. You've seen this with with Kawhi and Paul George; they can play with other people. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans don't don't sleep on them. If they can if they can gel quicker, they'll be a playoff team. But I still don't see how Westbrook and Harden play together. I I don't get it. And we were having some conversations earlier before the show, and it all comes down to is if one of those guys is willing to, as I said, take that one B spot and be able to say, you know what, I'm not willing to be alpha one. I'll be alpha uh, alpha dog one B. Then they could be good because there's still some good pieces to that team. But I don't see it happening. I I don't. I just don't see it how it's happening. Fair enough. So fair enough. Uh, that's it. I mean, look. It, what are your thoughts about his comments about because you left Golden State out? Yeah. And and Bruce are see they lost Durant and and that's a huge piece. Thompson's going to miss out the beginning of the year. Boogie Cousins left. Andre Iguodala's gone. They still got Loney. He's a good ball player. They don't have any depth. They lost Livingston. Livingston was actually contributional Livingston to that. Livingston was like of, 40, No, was give 94. me a break, dude. He, no, this isn't a Jonas Cherepko conversation. Sean Livingston actually was I contributing. I wish I had that clip. Clip. I know. <laughs> Eric, I think Eric cut it, too, with you guys laughing at me. And he has it somewhere. You won't let me find it. I'm kind of mad. But, but that's a good organization, too. And 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 they yes they're they'll be lacking on the depth, but you're still looking at a guy that was a former MVP, not only an MVP, uh, a unanimous choice MVP. You've got one of the best sharpshooters in the NBA. You've got some good young talent that may be given the opportunity uh, to, to step up and to take more of a role. Could become better players. Do they win the NBA championship? I, I don't think they do. No. I don't think they've got the chance to do that. I don't even know if they make it to the NBA final, the the, the finals, or maybe even the Western Conference finals. They're still going to be a playoff team. They still have quality talent and uh, and a, and an excellent coach and good management. Fair so enough. there. Fair enough. Once again, I'm I, not hero. <laughs> if we had time, I'd totally light you up right now. Hey, you asked me an interesting How question. How come you always say that? Anyway, go ahead. I, because I, I, I let you, I let you question. ramble on for six minutes, and I now I'm looking at clock. You still got one more break. Brilliant question. Go okay, ahead. I want you to ask your question to me, okay. as it directs to the listeners. Go. So we we've been talking about Wimbledon, uh, talking about uh, you know how that that rivalry is Nadal Federer, but we're talking about Wimbledon also going on this week. Uh, you've got the Tour de France, which is the the pinnacle of bicycle. Uh, stage racing. 
Um, we we're talking a little bit about about Nadal and what he's done at the French Open, uh, British Open, one of my favorite golf tournaments. Uh, uh, but we were also talking, you know, there's also the U.S. items, the things that happen here on U.S. soil. You've got things like the U.S. Tennis Open. You've got the Masters, Indianapolis 500, Kentucky Derby, uh, lots of great things. What is your favorite uh, sporting event that doesn't happen on U.S. soil? Man, that's tough because I only watch events that feature, like, great matchups. Like, for example, I'll watch golf if Tiger Woods is in it. I'm going to be straight up. I mean, that's how it's been ever since he's been in golf. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with it. Um, I watched tennis because of Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. Like, I, rem- I still remember to this very day sitting at home watching that match. And I went through, like, I mean, I had lunch and dinner in the same spot because I still watched that match. That's how long it was. And, I, but, and, and I'm not even a tennis guy, man. I can't even hit a forehand. I don't, can't hit a backhand. I don't understand the point system that well. But watching <laughs> them just, I mean, sprinting from court. I mean, side of the court to their side of the court. I mean, going over the head. I mean, whatever it took to beat the other guy on the other side of the net. You just, you could see how much it meant to beat the other guy. It made me fall in love with tennis. Or, no, excuse me. It made me fall in love with that matchup. Yeah. I recorded the Rafael Nadal-Roger Federer matchup this, uh, for this morning so I can go home and watch it tonight. But it's just because I want to see that. I don't want to see the tennis. So do you... Do you watch the Kentucky Derby? No. Okay. I don't care. Do you watch the Indianapolis 500, Daytona 500? No. no. Um, so, but if by some chance all of a sudden you became a big, uh, you know, uh, a fan of, of, I don't know, Jeff Gordon. I don't even think he's racing anymore. Sorry, racing fans. No, no. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I remember when Dale Earnhardt Jr. raced in the Daytona 500 the year after his dad died mm-hmm. in that same race. And I watched it. I mean, I didn't care. I didn't watch the whole entire thing. I watched just bits and pieces of it, and I got to see the ending. And uh, the Triple Crown winner, uh, what was the latest horse to do it? Uh, American Pharaoh. Watched it. Thought it was cool. All three races, or just did you wait until the last one? The last two. Last two. Yep, okay. I saw him the first one, and I knew he'd win the second one. I knew I just had that feeling he wouldn't. Then I watched the third one because I wanted to see history be made. I, I'd love to see history be made. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I, I man, I don't care. See, there there are just certain events that for me personally, I I enjoy. I I I don't watch the Australian Open. I don't watch the French Open. Uh, but I I enjoy Wimbledon. I watched a lot of Wimbledon this week. It, there's just something about it in that environment. I love getting open up early for the British Open. Uh, just because the course design and layouts are so much different than what we see here, and while we're basking in in you know ninety five degree temperatures, it's cloudy and foggy and maybe even you know a little windy and rainy, and it, it's just kind of a little different. Uh, but I, I think there's only a handful. I've got a neighbor that loves the Tour de France that has been watching it, and he'll be like, "Hey, did you see the race today?" I'm like, "No, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't." It's not something that excites me. So, hmm. so and, I, I don't know. Enough. I, I know you're a big cricket fan. So yeah. I'm sure you won the, the cricket championship. You know, I'm, tra- I'm uh, rooting for the Indian uh, India team to uh, beat the uh, Pakistan team and to be able to uh, make it to the uh, the semifinals of the uh, cricket uh, finals. Yeah, yeah. What, what you said? Rugby? No interest in rugby? Forever Strong is a great movie. Surfing? I love A.C. Slater and Saved by the Bell. Looks great. <laughs> you lost. I got nothing. I, I got nothing to follow that up. Well, in that case, we're going to wrap it up. It's John Russell Hachesa. You can just. Oh my gosh. Four fifty three is your time. We're going to come back and wrap this show up and get you ready for the weekend that will be. It's all in the full court press. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. I'm at a party I don't want to be at. 455 is our time right now. John Russell, Audrey Salison, wrapping it up on a weekend show. Of the full court press. So what's going on this weekend? So by the way, I and I'm not baseball in the dog days of July are really tough to watch, yes. right? Yeah. I mean, you're a big sports guy, and and but there's some matchups here that actually are kind of delicious for me. 
I'm looking at, uh, let's see here, where is it? So Noah Syndergaard is pitching on Saturday, and this is part of my pick six. Madison Bumgarner is pitching on Saturday, and Julio Teron is pitching on Saturday. By the way, Julio faces San Diego for the first time all year. That could be delicious. That that lineup of San Diego Padres versus the Atlanta Braves could be really good. Another matchup that I'm kind of interested in is, uh, where'd you go? It's on Sunday. And, oh my gosh, where did it go? Justin Verlander versus Ariel Harado of Texas. Ariel's got a good breaking ball. Justin Verlander is uh, a little bit of a mixture of everything, but he has struggled versus Texas. Kind of interested to see where that one ends up landing. And, and the Cubs, by the way. Eric's Franson's Cubs mm-hmm. need to get off to a very hot start in July, or if they don't make the playoffs, Joe Mann's looking for a new job. I think that's why he left, left the country. Didn't even just leave the state. He left the country. The country. Cubs are just, they're going to tank. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You talk about the dog days of summer with the baseball, but really this is when a lot of uh, uh, divisions are won. Absolutely. These teams will fall apart. Absolutely. So. And, and, you know, it's 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 going to be tough for a manager, too. You're like, man, if we don't make the playoffs, honey, we got to find a new house and a new yeah. place and a new job. So that's, I think that's always tough for me. Uh, but So this weekend, though, you've got Wimbledon you Championship. you got the Wimbledon Championship on Sunday afternoon. And and women's is tomorrow morning. Yes. So make sure you check those out. Should be some good good tennis record, potential record. We hope tennis. so. We'll see you on Monday. But now I think that we should stay. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Now that we're into summer, you're going to see a lot of sports outlets putting out their list. It's a way to create content when nothing else is going on, and you can rank almost anything. Whatever sport you want to talk about, rank away. Start at the highest level. Top 100 players is easy, but it's still a great way to start a debate, especially when you get into history. You can still walk into any sports bar and start arguing Joe Montana versus Tom Brady, and you can have a good conversation and hopefully a civil one. I like when lists go into unexpected directions. Best left-handed quarterbacks. Coolest NHL goalie mask most unusual baseball nicknames, whatever. Or who's the best power forward of all time? Tim Duncan, right? But was he really a power forward? Now 45 minutes later and we've solved nothing. The list of lists goes on and on. Even if you want nothing to do with them, odds are you'll end up talking about them probably more than you want to. Good luck. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise.